Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. This week, I'm stomping with birder, author and activist Maya Rose Craig. Maya Rose is not who you'd picture as a typical bird watcher at 21 years old, but her memoir, Bird Girl, shares the story of how she found her voice and happiness through bird watching during a difficult time in her family's life. At 17, Maya Rose became the youngest person to see half the world's bird species and also to receive an honorary doctorate of science as well as publishing several books. She's also passionate about equal access to nature for all and specifically engaging visible minority ethnic communities through her organisation Black to Nature. And before we say hello to Maya Rose, a huge thank you to everyone that supports the Stompcast. This community is growing and I really appreciate each and every one of you. If you'd like to support us as a community, please do remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen, rate and review. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts to Behind the Stompcast on a one month free trial uh, where you pay thereafter on a month free trial and have access to Behind the Stomp all the episodes on a Sunday together, Dr. Alex's diaries that come out every Thursday, as well as ASMR drops of our sounds for meditation. And also, excitingly, will be access to discounts on Stompcast merch or Stomp merch. It's very exciting. Please do check that out. Myros, welcome to uh, the Stompcast. It is a very, very warm day. I have got my Fact 50 on. I've got my uh, sun cream on, uh, protecting me from the rays. Uh, but we can't complain. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Gorgeous. Like, really hot. Second summer of the year, really. Yeah, very it is. Happy. It is. It's a September. It's on September the 9th as we're recording this. And it's actually my best... No, is it the 6th? <laughs> I've, gained, I've lost a few days. September the 6th, uh, which is actually uh, my best friend's birthday, which now I thought was really clever saying that because I'm saying that it's his birthday, but I actually clearly remember the date wrong. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, alas, I did remember to say happy birthday to him today, so that's all good news. Uh, but yes, it's a beautiful day. It's in September. You know, I guess classically the time we have a second wind of summer, and this mm -hmm. year it's come through. Although technically we didn't really have a summer this year. No. So is this the first wind of the summer? I don't know. I reckon so. I think we've had too much rain, too many clouds, that I will just take what we're given at this we'll take, point. We were just very grateful. And uh, as uh, we often say on the Stompcast, you know, gratitude, being present in nature and grateful for whatever season you're in is a really important mm. part of, of mindfulness. Because the seasons are really important to us, aren't they? You know, and as much as we do perhaps complain a little bit about <laughs> the weather in the UK sometimes, there's something really nice about having seasonality and it, there's something around going through the season and things starting fresh and anew in nature and that cyclical part that seems great for, for, for mental health. Do you find, you know, as someone that's, you know, you, you're, we're going to go into bird watching as someone that enjoys nature and bird watching, do you enjoy going through those seasons and the differences? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of, I am very English and I do enjoy a good moan about the weather, but at the same time, I've kind of realised as I've gotten older, there's something I love about all the seasons. I love it when it's kind of pouring down with rain outside and you're kind of snuggled up in your house. I love it when it's like boiling hot. And for me, as someone who loves birds and nature, like you said, sort of watching it um, shift and change and evolve throughout the season, there's always something to look forward to. There's always, you know, wildlife coming and going. Like, there's, I just, I do love it. It is, it, it is um, to me, an important part of, I think, flowing through the year as well. And, and I really, as much as I, you know, my favourite time of year is spring, really. I love it. Uh, I love spring. There's mm. a real optimism of it. But there's, there's a feeling as you go into autumn, which I guess, you know, we are, even though it doesn't look very much like autumn around us, we're as, we're, as we're heading into yeah. autumn, there's almost that thing of, like, shedding of that year and th that you know that you're entering a time where, Autumn is seen as a time for entering a bit of a period of rest and then renewal mm. once you come out and through the, the winter time. You are, you are probably not what people think of as a stereotypical uh, bird watcher. I think, you know, I remember um, in my childhood, I was joking with you uh, because you brought a, a lovely looking pair of binoculars with you. And I think the last time I used binoculars was my grandmother's uh, binoculars where she used to sit in the garden and watch the birds she loved feeding the birds had a uh, you know seeds for them and watching them you know and saying oh this is that bird and that bird um, she'd pass me the binoculars and I'd try and look through it and all I'd see is a like a haziness and mm. she'd quite enjoy the fact that I'd be fiddling with these things and not be able to, to to see anything but you know the point is I think perhaps there is a stereotype as to who who enjoys bird yeah. watching and perhaps you're not it. So I'd, I'd love to hear a bit about how you got into this uh, and, and, you know, why do you enjoy it? Yeah, I think, firstly, you're absolutely right. When people think of a bird watcher, they probably think of like a middle-aged white bloke, basically, mm. slash old. Mm. Um, and even kind of throughout my... Because I, I come from a family that is really, really into birds and bird watching. I was nine days old the first time I was taken out into you know to go and look at birds and I've been doing it my whole life and so I've kind of never felt that in the first place it's always kind of been a space where I've been uh, really comfortable where it's felt like that's where I enjoy being and you know I, I spent basically my whole life being taken out by my parents and my older sister enjoying the outdoors and it wasn't till I got a bit older that I even clocked the fact that my mum, my sister and I were some of the only women mm. that I saw at that in the 2000s who were out in the countryside enjoying these kind of hobbies and that um, we were also basically the only people I ever saw who weren't white out in the countryside. Um, but, you know, for a long time, I never kind of questioned that love of birds or questioned my place within all of that. Um, and it was something that... Like you mentioned the word mindfulness earlier. I think that's actually a really good word to describe what bird watching means to me in the the ability to just kind of go outside and be peaceful and almost like absorb the nature around you and all of that. I think it's you know, it's such a special thing to be able to do. Are people surprised when they say, you know, Oh my Rose, what do you enjoy doing? Like what do you do at the weekends? what do you like to get up to? And you say, Oh, I, well I love bird watching. I mean, now they won't be perhaps with your multiple books and uh, and uh, your Instagram, but you know, are are people surprised when you tell them that that's what you like doing? Yeah, absolutely. And the, um and I think in school when I was younger it was definitely that way around. And then the weird thing is as I've gotten older 
and I've become more and more known as like the girl who really likes birds. It's more that people meet me and are then very surprised that I'm actually very normal mm. um, because I think it's almost like who could enjoy, I guess, a hobby like this and also just be like a normal, functional 21-year-old 20, girl. Um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, I, I kind of look around me and, and I think about, you know, what people enjoy doing with their time. And mm. I think sometimes a lot of what people actually do is because they think that's what they should be doing rather yeah. than what they necessarily enjoy. And I think it's really nice for, yeah, we've got left and right here. My Rosie, you're in charge. We've got, actually got three. The, the, yeah. the, we have a, a, a break in the road. We've got three different routes here. Which yeah, I think firstly this is highlighting to me that my bird watching walking pace is glacial compared to we a can normal person. We can slow down. No, more. it's right. Um, and we can hear plenty of birds as well, can't we? We can. It's love. We've just stepped into some woodlands. I'm seeing lots of kind of blue and grey right tits flying around. Like if you look up right above us, kind of you can see. Wait, they've stopped now. Um, but kind of the silhouette of birds flying in front of the sun. Um, it's so beautiful with the leaves and just stop and, and look. It brings a really good point there that you know you can just easily walk on and not pause and just notice yeah. what's around you sometimes, can't you? Absolutely. It's like even I, as someone who spends a lot of time sort of stopping and looking and listening, mm. I still forget sometimes. And I think, like, for me, bird watching is something I very actively try and do when I am feeling kind of very busy or very stressed, mm. kind of take that time to go outside. But it's still something I forget is, like, really important to me to, like, function, um, which is weird to say, but... It's kind of, because that, that point around, you know, what I was kind of going to say about the social media stuff is that people often do what they, people expect them to do. And most yeah. of those things are very like instant gratification things. Usually mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by the idea of like instant versus delayed gratification yeah. and how dopamine culture almost of like what gives you the hit right now versus things that give you, you know, a period of contentment or peace in, in the long term and you know I think about my childhood like my dad used to take me fishing you know when I was younger and a lot of that was most of the time I didn't catch anything we just sat there you know <laughs> yeah. in nature and you just would find yourself at peace and you sit there for like you know four or five hours at a time and you just spend time you talk about all sorts of different things sometimes you just sit in quiet and you just enjoy what was around you and it wasn't really necessary about doing something and like there's an end goal here yeah obviously it'd be nice to catch fish or see a bird but i think it's just kind of enjoying like being you mm, know mm. and there's actually there's a bird hide down there and if you want we that's can go one. and let's, wait, let's I, go and have this, a look i think this way quicker this way let's go but, that way um yeah i think there's so much look. of it about just just being in that present moment i mean yeah. i i understand correct me if i'm wrong but it, it and it sounds like it's a big part of family life as well so was that passion for nature for you know the outdoors bird watching is that something that was instilled deliberately within you in the family was that part of just the passion that you're surrounded by yeah i i think kind of the latter in that there was never a moment where it was like you know you have to come and do this with us or any of that but it was just what we did as a family yeah. and it probably wasn't even till i don't know i got a bit older i went to school that i realized that maybe not everyone else loves birds, which was probably a bit of shock to me when I was like four. Mm. Um, and it, I think that combined with the fact that um, I have I have an older sister who's 12 mm. years older than me. So she was a teenager when I was a kid mm. and she was so cool and I wanted to be like her in every way and all this stuff. And I, I saw her bird watching and enjoying being out in nature. And I think at, a, at that kind of age, um, 
having a role model like that and being like, actually, yeah, this is something I want to stick with. This is something I enjoy is really special. And then um, that combined with something I talk about um, a lot in my book, Bird Girl, is the fact that my mum has a bipolar disorder. And actually, kind of as I got a bit older and throughout my teens, it was birds and bird watching that me and my family turned to, I guess, to, to deal with that and to cope with that. You know, it, and it, it's a, again a reminder, and, and, and uh, the community of the Stompcasters will, will kind of, I guess, uh, remember many times that we've talked about how I think in modern day life we often ignore the, th the incredible therapeutic effects of nature mm. and for using the things that are around us in the earth and, and around us in nature for, for healing as well. It's not to say that the obviously medication, the roles of things like that in, yeah. in bipolar, but it, it, there's a huge amount out there you know, to offer, I guess, uh, should we climb over? Is it locked? It is locked, which is very mean of private, them. Private property. I'm deciding. Are we allowed to go in here? Yeah, I think so. Are you guys willing to That's climb? Willing. Absolutely. Abs is a rule follower. Do you want to follow? I'm, I'm just waiting to take a Come on then. <laughs> just don't catch the bit yeah, that don't, it says. I am actually allowed in here, but yeah, it's not a good look. Come on. We'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> that point around the what nature can do as part of mm. you know the package of supporting families and you know, people that are going through things is, is huge so i mean i i saw um a particular occasion you went away i can't remember was it costa rica where did you go for like six months for a period uh, yeah, of time yeah south with a america like, when i was about nine yeah. that must have been such an incredible time just being you know, I guess if you were going to talk about nature, like places that on the mm. world that pop it into your mind, probably one of them of like nature hotspots. Um, you know, what are your memories of that time? Oh God, it was amazing. Or oh, it was actually very weird because I was young enough that I remember when my parents first told me, I was slightly upset because I was going to miss the school play. Um, which <laughs> school, is play school play exactly, versus Costa Yeah, like South America. <laughs> um, but like once I went there, it was amazing. Like I totally fell in love with it. And I think so many of these places we were going were just so unlike anything I'd seen before. They were so nature rich. There was so much going on, actually. Like, I remember the first few days, it was like overwhelming the amount of birds and animals that were just kind of all around us and trying to figure out what they all were. Um, but I think also, like on a more personal level, um, my mum at this point had been really unwell for a couple of years. And so as a kid, sort of spending almost this very intense one-on-one -on -one time with my parents was really important and 
I think, I kind of didn't clock this at the time, but looking back, doing that through bird watching, which is something that requires you to be so like present, um, I think was really like a really important element of all of that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it's kind of, it was one of those things that really made me fall maybe even deeper in love with nature and the outdoors. Do you think nature has a power in terms of healing? Do you believe that nature helps people heal? I genuinely heal? do, yeah, on a few different levels. Um, in that, like on a very kind of physical, medical level, it's so important for us as human beings to spend time in green spaces. There have been studies to show how important it is mm. for our brain. You know, the NHS has started doing green prescribing, just like sending people outdoors and things like that. Mm. I think also um, like it's very easy as humans to forget that we're animals too and we're part of nature too and I do genuinely think that we're kind of meant to be outside and meant to be spending our time surrounded by other nature and not doing so is just really bad for us basically and which is why I think um, during Covid for example you know that really difficult period when all the green spaces were locked in cities and a lot of people I, I know who never ever would have thought of themselves as nature people or outdoorsy people were suddenly really sorely feeling that lack of green space and kind of were seeking it out in the countryside and I think it's just things like that that show how kind of deeply important it is for our I don't know existence our enjoyment and the dangers I think of children growing up and not having that connection with nature are uh, uh, frightening. I mean, when I was younger, I remember, so my dad worked uh, in the police, he did a lot of community work with the police, and one of the things he used to do um, is, uh, was called the Ponds Project and they basically would take um, you know young, young, mm. you know, young teenagers who were interested in, you know, who wanted to do something like go outdoors and, and, and fishing and things, but perhaps from, say, deprived backgrounds mm. or challenging backgrounds and so on. And many of them had never actually been to a lake or been to see this kind of environment. Yeah. And they absolutely fell in love with it. And again, a lot of the time we didn't perhaps catch very much, but they absolutely loved just being outdoors. Yeah. And even at that age, and I was probably only a few years older than them, like a lot of them were kind of, I don't know, 12, maybe 13, 11, 12, 13, I was maybe like, 14 or 15, I was very aware, I was like, wow, like this is, you know, we should be making sure that people have, you know, access to nature and can learn mm. about these things and be in, spend time. And, and, you know, one of the things that you've been working on is Black to Nature, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to talk about that in, in part two because it's such an important uh, mission. So, we, 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 you know, we will we'll come back to that. But first of all, I'd like to, to talk about just you know, if someone's listening now and they're thinking, wow, this is, this is really interesting, I've never thought of uh, bird watching. What, how would you define, uh, without being, sounding really silly, what is a, a bird watcher? Uh, is there a name for bird watchers? Mm. And how do you go about starting to learn? For example, we're walking now, and we've, we've spot a few birds as we walk. How do you go about getting into this mm. if you've never done something like this before? Yeah, I actually think that that is a really sensible question in that, um so many people I've talked to have kind of been like, oh, I'm quite interested in doing it, but I don't know what I'm looking at and I don't know any of the calls and I don't know like the Latin names and stuff like that. And I genuinely think that kind of to go bird watching is to go somewhere where there are birds and to watch them. And everything else is just kind of an extra or an add-on in that like, I think the core 
element of bird watching to me is having that connection to nature and I think birds in particular are wonderful because you get them literally everywhere whether it's mm. the middle of the city middle of the countryside and kind of beyond that um, firstly when you are watching things you start to figure out what you're looking at all the time you start to kind of figure out what the really common species are there are so many amazing free resources online to help people figure out that kind of stuff and then oh that's nettles we'll, we'll be okay yeah, we'll we can dodge be some careful we can dodge some um, nettles it's good this is good mindfulness but mindfulness of the nettles yes. rather than the, <laughs> the spiritual relaxing version yeah so 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 the initial so the initial steps is is just going and observing what what senses do you engage or would someone engage when bird watching i think the thing i noticed is when we pause and you kind of we, we stopped that crossroads you immediately clearly started listening i think first mm. and then looking around so would is it people should people come and sit somewhere like a park or what you know what would they do you know mm. they almost bring it back to absolute basics in terms of how to engage the senses and how to i guess hone the eyes as well because it's not easy first of all i was listening and you immediately spotted and pointed at the <laughs> birds i was looking at the sky to be honest i mean yeah. <laughs> i was miles off so it's like it's I, I think I it's genuinely a total sensory experience in that like I think and this is one of the reasons I like bird watching rather than just like going for walks or being outside in that you can't I don't know be daydreaming or thinking too deeply about stuff you can't be listening to music you need to be so present in the moment kind of looking constantly listening um I don't know kind of it gets to a point that sounds really weird where you can almost just kind of feel sense where things are going to be flying um, which is why it's so hard to get people on stuff sometimes. But, but I think you do just have to be very present in order to figure, um, figure out what's around you. Because it's kind of, even if you just kind of sit somewhere for 20 minutes, you start to realise how much nature is kind of moving and shifting all around you. Um, and I don't know, I think that there's something so healthy about that. Like, I'm definitely someone, you're talking about, like, the dopamine rush and stuff yeah. from social media. I'm definitely someone that has, like, a bit of a TikTok addiction and yeah. stuff. And for me, like, kind of going outside, quite often leaving my phone at home as well. Really? Um, so you leave the phone at home? Because a lot of people think, always, oh, take... sometimes, yeah, because yeah. it just, like... It feels like I'm kind of wringing my brain out a bit is the best way to describe it. Wow, we've arrived, we have arrived at, what would you call this, a bird watching nest? Yeah, bird hide. <laughs> bird, bird hide, hide. yeah. Bird hide. Um, uh, a bird hide. And there is a fan, there is a clever name for people who watch birds, is that right, bird watcher, what's the bird, name? Birders, I Birders? Think. Yeah. Birders is the word, there you go. So I actually love it, you learn something, every time we do a song class, <laughs> learn at least one, if not multiple things new. God, it's beautiful out there. It is, it's really peaceful actually. So what, what can we see right now? What can you see out of our bird hut? A little look. Um, it's a nice time of year actually, because there's lots of kind of baby, we're looking out on a lake, mm. and there's lots of sort of baby ducks and geese and things floating around. Um, there are also lots of gulls out here. I think people think of gulls as something that you just get in the city or the seaside, but they are everywhere. Um, but over there, can you see like the kind of big gray birds? Um, might be behind the bush view. Yeah. Just here, yeah. Those yeah. are all like baby swans. Um, a big group of them. Geese are migratory, right? They, they are, they are yeah. migratory birds. And they, where do they go when they migrate? Um, the UK is actually opposite to a lot of birds. The UK is where they come for the warmth. Yeah. Um, so they go to like the. <laughs> they Arctic. come into the wrong place. Yeah, exactly. Not, today's not the day to make that joke, but um, <laughs> um, that's they, a dad joke, isn't it? And then my dad would have had that one. Uh, Arctic tundra. Um, is where they brood, which is insane. Wow. Um, and then they come down here for a they nice toasty winter. From, 
They so come down the now Ar that they start turning up a lot of them. They come from the Arctic basically down to here. Yeah. It's just, uh, do you know what I was thinking about this as, as we were walking up and you were talking about like nature. I think there's also one amazing thing is I think when you stop and look around you, you realize how resilient birds and animals yeah. and things are in terms of like they come down, they fly that far to come here. Yeah, you know, you think crazy, how resilient, how incredible they are. They, you know, they know where to go. They navigate so well. I think sometimes as human beings, we do think we're very clever, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> when you look around, you realise actually, perhaps there are plenty of clever things on this uh, on this yeah, planet. Absolutely. It's um, incredible. It's very still here as well, isn't it? It is. It's a nice time of year in that, like, like we're talking about how kind of frantic spring is earlier, and then autumn, everything's trying to like sort itself out for the winter. But in summer, things are just kind of living and floating around and it, I mm. don't know I also feel like floating around maybe mm. so it's quite nice. What does your mind do when you're watching and you're looking out at the birds like where, where does your you said earlier that you try not to think about other things too much like mm. what place does it go is it quiet in your head is it what is it like? Um, I think it's something about being like very very present in mm. the moment because um, I've sort of found that if I'm not here right now or if I'm thinking about you know whatever I'm stressed about in that moment like I I don't see things as they fly by um, and so it's just kind of literally looking around and listening and kind of trying to figure out what is around you and building a mental map of that um, and it's yeah like I said feels really good. Can I have a go with the binoculars? Absolutely, Could you show me yeah. how to what I should be doing? Um, so Abby's gonna be there with the camera ready for this one that's for sure. So you adjust that yeah. to however wise your eyes are okay. and then yeah. you twist that to make it is that focus. the focus? Is yeah. that then? Okay. Um, All right. So I go, so oh my goodness. Look at, like, those I was looking at the wooden example. plank then. I had a really good <laughs> zoomed in view of the wooden uh, plank. Oh, wow. Like, mm, Grandma, these are very different really to yours. Really zoomed in, yeah. Oh, wow. Your, your focus is perfect on this. We have very similar eyes, clearly. Oh, that's very good. That's good for you because I have oh, my contact wow. lenses in. <laughs> wow. If you can just see so close, can't you? And the thing is, when you. If you're close to birds and you're looking at them in the distance that you can see through this and it sounds mm. silly, but you're often disturbing them, aren't you? Whereas we're not disturbing mm. the birds that are out there, are we, when we're looking at this? Yeah, totally. Um, like, I th I, to be fair, I, I think it depends on the type of bird. Like, water birds don't like people coming close. Yeah. But the kind of birds that you get in the park just do not care anymore. Um, so I, th I think it, like, kind of depends on habitat a bit. But, like, at the same time, I think any type of nature is quite hard to get close to. Um, the other thing I notice as well when you're watching them is they just do, you, do you, I don't know what you think, but they seem really present. Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous, but they kind of, they're there <laughs> and they are just doing what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at the geese and stuff like that. They're just, they're focused in that moment. I think there's a lot we can learn absolutely. from, you have a look again. Like, I've had people ask me what birds are thinking about and it's like, they're just kind of present in the moment. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. So it's coming, it's looking. Because it's, I was really intrigued. I was like, I've never done this before. The closest mm. thing that came to my mind was when I went fishing with my dad when I was younger. Which that was the closest thing. I see thing. a lot of similarities between mm. them, actually. Yeah. And 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 community. Do you have you made friends and stuff through through bird watching? Is it is there a good community in this kind of there space? There is actually. Yeah, and it's really lovely. Um, in that. There's, there are people I've known literally since I was a baby that are bird watchers who, you know, I've known forever. 
And even, for example, actually, like, it can seem very intimidating, but even coming into a hide like this, if there are other people, the classic thing you do would be like, hey, have you seen anything today? Are you looking at anything right now? Can you tell me what this is? And people are always, like, really happy to help, basically. It's the so, sharing of knowledge, I, think, I guess, yeah, as well. I, I think when you love something this much, when someone else is trying to kind of learn more about it, people are really excited to share that. It's a, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you're passionate about something, because also... You know, as you say, that passion then becomes shared and then you might ignite passion in others. Have you have you found from your community on, on social media, also people that read your, your books, do you do you can you feel like igniting that passion? I I mean I my hope is that people listening to this will go, <laughs> I wanna go and try that and then you'll have more people that are that are, that are that are trying this. Have you seen that? And do you get a lot of feedback from people saying, God, I love it now? Yeah, I mean, one of the loveliest things is people, um, uh, my book Bird Girl in particular, mm. kind of reading it and being like, yeah, and I went and I tried bird watching afterwards. And it's like, oh my God, yes. Um, that's Isn't that lovely. amazing thing? People it's have gone fantastic. out. They've gone to, you know, maybe a bird hut, you know, huts like this or just out in their garden or mm. their park or whatever and just, just looked and gone, oh my gosh, yeah, this is something new. It feels new. like such a big honour, I think. And... I don't, I don't know, it's just kind of spreading that love of nature to more people or I think helping people to understand why I love it so much is actually why I originally wrote Bird Girl because like you mentioned at the start, I've kind of spent my whole life with people going like, but why birds? Why bird watching of all hobbies? Um, so for someone to kind of read what I've written and go like, yeah, I get yeah. it and I want to try it is like so exciting. Oh, that's amazing. And so as we come to end of part one, um, if you are interested in getting a copy of Bird Girl, you know, hit the link in our, in our show notes, head over to, uh, it says Bird Girl, uh, the Instagram, at Bird Girl. Yeah, it's Instagram, just at Bird Girl at UK. Bird Girl UK, yeah. Instagram, and you can go through the link in the in the bio. Although you said you need to update your link. I in do, bio. yeah. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you reminded I'm me. Not sure, I'm not ashamed of your link in bio, don't worry. But head over and get a copy of, of the book. We're going to be continuing the conversation in part uh, two we can talk about black to nature how important it is um, you know getting I think everyone or giving everyone uh, equity of access to you know things like mm. uh, nature is incredibly uh, important if you are a Stompcast subscriber on Apple Podcasts all three parts and behind the stomp is available now as of Sunday uh, if not they come out Monday Tuesday and Wednesday on all the platforms so yeah see you there if you want more tips and advice around mental health and building your mental fitness, then check out my book, The Mind Manual. It is exactly that. It's a book about supporting your mental health, building that resilience, building that fitness in your own life. Check it out. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 